Welcome to part two of what happened to Fred. For those of you who are tuning in, I'm Fred Heron, and many of you, I think, are listening to this because you knew me as pastor of Vineyard Church in Kansas City. And this is a church that I started in 1990, and I resigned in the early part of 2019. And basically, uh, I am talking about my personal meltdown that became very public. And I just want to get a caveat right now. This is my story from my perspective. As I share my story, I realize that there are actions that I took that could have hurt or disappointed people. And I just want to ask for your forgiveness if you're one of those that felt hurt or disappointed by the actions that I took. I would also encourage you, if, it, if you were hurt deeply, to see a professional therapist and talk to them. If you and your therapist thought it would be helpful to meet with me so that I could make amends, I would be happy to do that. But I just know I'm praying for you and love you, and I'm glad you're tuning into this. So part one of my personal meltdown, what happened to Fred, is on insomnia. I've bumped into well over a thousand people in the last year and a half since I got home from rehab. And one of the things people have asked me is, how are you doing? And the second question, if we get to sit down and have coffee or something is what happened? They want to know my story. So I'm telling it in, in parts of a video, part one, insomnia, and part two today is Xanax and alcohol. So if you missed the insomnia one, just to back up and recap a little bit. I slept on average about three hours a night from the time I was in my late 20s up until my early 50s. So basically 25 years at least of three hours a night. Most people, if they were getting three or four hours a night for even two, three, four day period of time, begin to experience some difficulty and decision-making and managing emotions and all that kind of stuff. That's because chronic insomnia affects the frontal lobe of the brain, and that's where we make wise decisions, and that's where we control our emotions. Well, I, I live most of my life at a high level with only, on average, about three hours of sleep a night. So there's a rare small group of people that can function that way. But when I hit into my early 50s, I started really struggling with it. And really, I just wanted to be able to shut my brain off. I'd always be able to fall asleep pretty quickly. I'd be asleep for two hours. And then it would be a crapshoot as to whether or not if I ever got back to sleep again. And so when I hit my early 50s, uh, I like when I was about 53, I started just try to chill my brain down, try to get it to slow down. I called the hamster wheel, it just wouldn't stop. I'd, I'd have a glass of wine at night sometimes. And I did that for a while. And at some point I decided that wouldn't be a long, good long-term strategy for dealing with sleep. So I finally went to a psychiatrist. This would have been at the very end of 2014. And the psychiatrist tried me on different sleep drugs I can't even remember the names of all. I remember one of them was Trazodone, but I remember waking up on Trazodone, giving it a try for several days and always woke up feeling like I had a hangover or something like that. So he finally tried me on Xanax. And 
Quite frankly, Xanax worked like a magic charm when I first took it. I think the first time I took it, I probably slept for seven hours straight. And it really, really was what I thought a magic pill. Like all of a sudden I'm sleeping well. And I took that every night all the way through 2015 and into 2016. And I even know the amounts I was taking. It was, it was prescribed medication. I took it as it was prescribed. I was recording how much I was taking, when I was taking it, how much I slept because I was trying to figure out the sleep thing. Now, one thing I didn't do is I didn't do my own study on Xanax. And I know that I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I was putting my trust in the psychiatrist, but I do think I have a, a responsibility to do some research on my own. One of the things I found out post uh, rehab and trying to come off Xanax and alcohol, what I'll talk about in a minute, is that Xanax really isn't a good drug for every night of sleep for the rest of your life kind of thing, but that's how I took it. I took Xanax every night for almost three years before I went to rehab. I was taking it according to how it was prescribed, but it's just not a good long-term drug and its shelf life in terms of its effectiveness is not very long. In other words, it's not something you're gonna be able to take every night for a long period of time. But I didn't discover this till after I was in rehab. And so I didn't really do my own research on this drug. But at any rate, it was working like a magic charm. I took it through 2015. And my journal entries, even into early 2016, it was still working. But at some point it started not working. My sleep pattern went back to like this three hours a night. And I told the psychiatrist that he started upping the dose. And over time, he upped it to as high as he felt comfortable with it. And even that upper dose stopped working. So I was really back into my old bad sleep patterns. Well, I made a big mistake. And that is that after being on the Xanax for over a year and it even going the upper doses and it not working, I added alcohol back into the equation. And at first I was taking Xanax plus like maybe a couple of shots at night. I would take Xanax and a couple of shots at night. I would get up in the morning and operate at full tilt. I, there would be mornings on the weekend where I'd get up at six o'clock in the morning or earlier and get ready for a six o'clock ride and do a hundred mile ride. And, you know, operated at a high level, but here's a big mistake I made. I added alcohol in. I didn't know the danger of Xanax and alcohol combo. I didn't tell my psychiatrist and I really didn't tell the people that were super close to me exactly what I was doing. So I was hiding now, this is the dangerous pattern of all addicts, right? All addicts go into usually drugs, prescription drugs, even misusing prescription drugs, and they add alcohol into the equation, and they're not telling people. And so they're hiding the amount of drug or prescription drug they're doing, and then they're hiding the use of alcohol that's coupled up with it. And this leads people to disaster. What I found out when I got to rehab is that this combo of Xanax and alcohol is a really dangerous combo. A benzo like Xanax with alcohol damages your frontal lobe. So just like insomnia compromises the frontal 
cortex of your brain. That's where you manage your emotions and make decisions. So do drugs and alcohol. So I had a trifecta going on, right? I had insomnia, Xanax, alcohol. And this, this alcohol-Xanax combo started sometime in 2016 and went through 2017 and the first, you know, three quarters of 2018 until I went to rehab. And unfortunately, circumstances were such that I made some really, really bad decisions after I'd been under the influence of Xanax and alcohol. And I will talk about that in the next video that I do, and that will be on ministry burnout and marriage. But really, it was kind of a perfect storm. Here I was trying to deal with my insomnia, legitimately try to deal with an insomnia issue. I didn't want to use alcohol as a long-term effect, so I go to a psychologist, start on Xanax, but then don't tell people, add alcohol back into the equation. This was my bad choice. This was my early the beginning of my downfall was that combination and not telling people. I would say there's a couple of takeaways here for all of you. Some of you might be listening to this and you know exactly what I'm talking about because you're in a situation where you're starting to hide your use of drugs or prescription drugs or alcohol or a combination of those things. As soon as you start hiding it from your doctor, from your psychiatrist, from your family, from your close friends, you know you're going down a pathway that's going to lead to destruction. That's how all addicts start. And so we hide, we cover it up, we don't tell people, we don't think we have a problem. I wasn't afraid of alcohol because I hadn't been a lifelong drinker. I'd never had a problem with alcohol. I wasn't afraid of alcohol. So when I started using it, in addition to the Xanax, I was using Xanax as it was prescribed. And I thought, ah, it's no big deal. I'm just adding in a little bit of alcohol. But the little bit of alcohol turned into a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And over time, I was addicted. And that combination is difficult to break. I found out in rehab that heroin and that class of drugs, which would include all your whole opioid crisis, that's one of the toughest addictions to break and detox off of. But right next to it is this combo of benzos and alcohol. Very difficult to detox off of those things and break that habit. So that's what I was up against. So I would challenge you if you're starting to hide or cover up things and your use of alcohol or drugs or prescription drugs, tell somebody, get brutally honest. You can cut off your path that's going to lead to some horrible consequence. And it'll, it'll be a horrible consequence on your family, on your friends, uh, on your work life, all those kind of things. So uh, maybe you can head that off right now. Maybe you have a family member or a loved one or a friend or something, coworker, and they need to hear this. And let me tell you this, brutal honesty is what it takes to break the cycle of addiction. And so if you're hearing this, know that brutal honesty with everybody that's involved, your doctor, your psychiatrist, your counselor, key people that you're uh, maybe holding your life accountable with, it's so critical that you be honest with those people. So that would be my encouragement to you. Live an honest life and you can uh, deal with these things in a healthy way. And so uh, I'm glad you're joining in. Next week, we'll deal with this topic of ministry burnout and marriage. 
And I hope you'll stay tuned and stay connected. Glad you tuned in today and you have a great day.